0: I'm going to add a small trigger warning here. Game of Thrones deals with mature themes like murder, death, rape, and other strong themes. Please don't listen if these are upsetting to you. Welcome to Under the Magnifier, where some legally blind people talk about our favorite books, TV shows, and movies. This is episode 12, and Sun Clover is going to be talking about Game of Thrones season 1. There will be spoilers for Game of Thrones, the TV series, and the novels. Yeah. Alrighty! So whenever you're ready, you want to start? Because I know we're doing like a compare contrast to the books.
1: Yeah. I can't read the books, us legally blind and all. So I listened to the audiobooks. I tried to read some of it but on my phone and I just zoom in on it, but it's going to have where. So George R.R. R. Martin, he's the one that did the books, but he also helped out because you got to have the rights to do the TV show on the books and all. So he sometimes didn't like what HBO did, like the directors and all, but some things had to be changed from the books to make it more interesting to the viewers. So some things kind of don't look like what the book would say.
0: So they kind of sexed it up a little. They
1: sexed it up and made, like, there is a scene in there that makes it look like a rapey scene. But in the book, it's actually very hot and steamy and romantic from the book side. And, like, there's just stuff that's not filled in. That the viewer just looking at it be like, oh, that's terrible. What's happening, kind of thing. Yeah, we'll go over that. My version of season one recap, comparing it to the book, the Song of Ice and Fire series of books. Yeah,
0: I can give a little disclaimer. This is our opinions. This is our like. This is our take on it. Obviously, we don't see well. We might see something that somebody else doesn't really take, or you know, like that scene seems rapey. When it isn't in the book, that's our opinion. If you have a different opinion, that's cool. So do you want to start with that scene? Because that was the one I know that jumped out. Or do you want to just start from the beginning and go through?
1: Let's start from the beginning. Because this is just an overview. We're not going to, like, I don't think you want to do step by step, do you? It's going to be an overview. But it's it's going to be kind of what Flowy. And I'll say, all right, this is what happened in the show. This is what it looks like in the book. And then I'll go kind of to the next things to where we go through the whole season. Okay, yeah. But it's going to be like quick cool little- spigots from each thing that stand out the most to me
0: yeah we're summarizing and we're talking about the good bits so there are parts we're not going to talk about And if you guys like really like this check out the actual show it's game of thrones is hbo
1: i think yeah it's a hbo tv series it aired in 2011 is when it started yeah and i mean the series is finished so y'all check it out
0: yeah it finished
1: about oh god i think 2019 maybe
0: it was before the pandemic so i think it was 2019 or Like, maybe early 2020?
1: Yeah. Because it it only has eight seasons. Now there's talk about another spinoff coming other than the uh, House of the Dragon. There's another one that's supposed to be coming, but it's just hush-hush right now.
0: Yeah, there's talk, but there's not actually, like, anything in the works. Because, I mean, they probably want to wait to see how House of the Dragon does before they start another spinoff.
1: Yeah, and it could just be journalists trying to get people to look at their stuff kind of thing by just saying that as a title thing. Mm -hmm. But anyways, all right, so here we go with the first season. All right, so the opening scene is the Night's Watch, which is the people that watch the wall that borders... The North, what some people will call it, the true North, there's a wall, an ice wall, that blocks the wildlings, which are people that are free, that live differently, and there's trolls and other things on that other side of that wall. The Night's Watch are there to protect anything from passing through that wall into Winterfell, which is right below the wall, and then Winterfell, which is the winter kind of states. like It's up north. It's always cold. They don't have long summers and stuff. Below them is King's Landing and... Westeros? That's the Summerlands all summertime down that way. They don't have a lot of winter down that way. So the opening scene is they're... Now, this is kind of where I'll do a comparison, but I'll say what happened in the show first, and then I'll do the comparison of the book. In the show, the opening scene is you have a couple Night's Watchmen. They're scouting around the wall to see if any wildlings are about. First, you see it looks like a settlement kind of thing where somebody might have been camping there Mm -hmm. and there's a fire going and all. At first, the Night's Watchmen, the scouts, whatever, they see that and they're like, okay, well, let's look around because that still looks fresh. We'll look around and see if there's anybody around this little area. Well, the other guys walk off and this One dude, the, I forgot his name. He ends up getting murdered, but anyways, we'll be headed. Um, Shirt number one. (laughs) Yeah, he's the first one that's going to be gone. He's the first murder that happens in a TV show. Disclaimer, there is murder, rape, sex scenes, and all kinds of stuff in this. Yes, yes. That's why a lot of people liked it so much because it just filled in everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the show has very strong
1: themes. So don't feel like you have to listen if you're sensitive to anything like that. So he turns around And then I mean I might be saying Stuff wrong I think they might have snuck up on a camp Well anyways it comes to a part where the Guy turns around and he sees a bunch Of dismembered bodies on The ground and it's all in a Shape of something a symbol of Something now I think that might Be a symbol of maybe another house Or foreshadowing because that's another Thing with these books and the TV Show they do a lot of foreshadowing So if you super Want to look into maybe like spigots of what's going to happen later on in the series or anything, you have to really look at the scenes in every single scene, because there's all little details and foreshadowing. I couldn't tell what it was.
0: <laughs> it's the kind of thing that makes you want to rewatch it, because then you can see the little bits and go, oh, that's because this is going to happen.
1: Yeah, so... They see that that dude runs off after he sees that scene. He runs off because he sees a little girl that is pinned to a tree. Her mouth is sewed up and her eyes are wide open. Like she was put there to watch these people get dismembered and all and get murdered in front of her. Her eyes are white. He sees her and then he runs off to the guys to go tell the other scouts about it. They say, you're crazy. There's nothing here. He brings them back over to it. All those people are gone. The girl's gone. The bodies are gone. The only thing that they kind of see on the ground is like, I think maybe a little speck of blood they see, but they're like, they don't care about it. Well, they get into a huge argument and all of a sudden they hear some weird sounds and a lot more coldness comes in. It's already snowing and all, but like the wind picks up and stuff and they hear a lot of stuff and they hear one of their guys get murdered and then the dude that's seen all this stuff happening he turned around and he sees that little girl looking at him Uh oh because the night the white walkers is what they're called they don't call him that at this moment they call him that later on mm-hmm. the white walker little girl looks at him with her dead face and all and just points past him and he's freaking out oh he's gone i do the same thing girl boy whatever <laughs> i run too <laughs> mm-hmm
0: oh behind me i'm running the opposite fucking direction
1: yeah so what ends up happening is everyone ends up getting murdered by one of the generals of the night king You don't know that they're a general yet we'll find that out later on or maybe it is the night king but he ends up beheading the guy that was the leader of the scouts as the scout that ran away as he's watching all this happen he looks at the dude as he's getting beheaded and then the guy that beheaded him with an ice sword throws the head at his feet and he goes okay i'm good i'm done i'm I'm leaving now i'm a deserter <laughs> so the next scene is always needed the summer holiday <laughs> yeah so he deserts the wall with the night watch if you desert the wall you will be executed because they have a code you don't sleep with anybody you bear no more children you don't bear no children you don't air anything you basically become celibacy is what you are you have no title to your name no more if you were a lord you're no longer a lord you are the watch now. You're there to die. You never leave. It's basically like (laughs) no distractions. This is your life. Yeah, this is your life now. Everything else you've ever done, that's what it is. It used to be an honorable position, but because not a lot of people are going to it anymore and people don't believe in all the stories of why that needs to be protected, all they get now is criminals and people that are just trying to run run away from their problems. They don't have a lot of high up people that go to the wall anymore. Yeah, because they don't believe the
0: legends anymore because it's been so long.
1: Oh yeah. That and the winters get so long because they have no help from the kingdom anymore that they run out of supplies because at one point you hear a story later on in the series that one of the commanders whenever he brought out the scouts and all they ended up having to eat each other because the horses they ate but then they ran out of horses So then they started eating each other. (laughs) Oof, that's not fun. Yeah, they had no choice. And that commander that was telling one of the characters, Jon Snow, about that, and another dude named Sam, which I'll talk about in a little bit, he was telling them that to get them to wake up to the realization of what really goes on when you sign up to the night's watch because nobody really tells them anything until they already joined and already made the pack <laughs> it's kind of like if you join a certain kind of group of people they heighten it up and everything and then you find out later on oh this wasn't a good idea but now i'm stuck <laughs> by the way you're probably gonna have to cannibalize your best friend no no <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh can i not do this now <laughs> Yeah. So after all that, so the deserter goes to Winterfell to try to get away and all. Well, he ends up running into Ned, Ned Stark, who is the Lord of Winterfell. His actual name is Edward, but they call him Ned. He is the guy that ends up taking him because he's the ward of the North. So he's in charge of anything that goes on with the uh, Night's Watch and all. He goes, "You are a deserter. I now have to behead you because you get executed if you leave the wall." For any reason, unless you're told to leave the wall to go do something, you're going to get executed. So the guy, he tells the information of what happened to him while he was at the wall to try to tell him. He goes, I'm not trying to plead for my life. I want to die with this execution honorably, but I do want to get my point across that something is coming and we need to get ready for it. Which they just claim it up of just a crazed person that's got madness from being up there. Ah. They're like he's just crazy. Yeah. So they just kind of overlook it. They don't care. <laughs> so now in the books, that scene kind of goes a little bit different. That guy that ends up getting killed or whatever, he actually climbed up in the tree and seen the Night Walker. What did they call them? White Walkers. White Walkers. Yeah. Yeah. He went up in a tree and he's seen the Night Walkers. White Walkers. Oh God, <laughs> so many names. And um, he's seen them up in the tree. In the book, they actually say. White Walkers. Then they give the whole story about, they kind of give a short story of the White Walkers and all, and they give a little bit of history. And the scene was described a little bit different. It's almost the same, but you see like the White Walkers, their eyes would glow blue when you see them. They would glow like a icy blue. Their skin's fully white. If they have hair, it's white. At least that's the generals. The other White Walkers are zombies. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, I thought the White Walkers were zombies.
1: Yeah, in the TV show they very much look like zombies because it's people that have died that's been re-risen by the night king and or i think that's his name is called the night king he's a king he's dead the main guys of the white walkers they look all icy blue they don't look dead they do have dead horses and all but they don't look as messed up and zombified as the other ones in the book they all seem the same none of them look like zombies they're more described as kind of like vampire-ish They can't die. They have blue, blue eyes. Their skin's very white. They just seem all white and they got white and blue theme of their whole thing.
0: So in the book, they're less like grotesque,
1: but are they still like zombies? They're still risen dead. Yeah, they're still risen dead. They are like, if anybody kind of knows this, vampires, when they make another vampire, sometimes they're called like level E's is what some people describe them as, or like the lower lessers. Fledglings, kind of? Yeah, they're kind of like that. If you kill the main guy that made them, it'll kill that whole line. Like if one of his generals raised a dead person, if you kill that one general, it'll kill the ones that he raised back up. So that's how that works. Okay, so they are kind of more like vampires than zombies. Yeah, because in the book, they make it seem more like vampire. In the TV show, they make them seem very much like zombies, which I'm kind of thinking around that time that the TV show was made, The Walking Dead was a big thing at the time. Oh, yeah. So they probably tried to lean it more towards that. They were leaning heavy into it.
0: And I mean, the guy who wrote the books might have just been like melding the two into a new thing. Yeah.
1: He was trying to compromise with it to make it because the studio probably wanted it to be if we do this, it'll probably make it better. He goes, okay, Okay, well, I don't want to destroy my idea of my book, but I'll compromise with you and I'll do these little bit of changes. So that way my book is still seen and the main points are still hit, but you still get what you want.
0: Yeah. The big thing is they probably gave him like, hey, you can have this much leeway, but like we're going to do what we want to do, but we're going to let you
1: tell us stuff. So he probably didn't have as much creative freedom as he would have liked. I mean, you find out also because I... Did a little bit more research whenever the other stuff came out. The guy that helped write or helped kind of direct or did some of the screenwriting for the Game of Thrones, he was a huge fan of George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> so he was like hyped when he heard about it.
0: Yeah, you can never tell with that though, because like M. Night Shyamalan was a huge fan of Avatar and we all saw how that came out.
1: Oh, did note that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, he wanted to do that movie because he was a huge fan. And that was a, a, an injustice. It was like a slight against God. <laughs> With how
1: bad that was, like, wow, dude! Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Um. Now the next thing is you're introduced to Ned and Catherine. And Ned is, like I said, the one of the whatever, and then Catherine. She's a a who comes from the Summerlands and all. They're like older, older family kind of line. Mm-hmm. They have five legitimate kids. I'll explain why I say legitimate. (laughs) They have Rob, who's the eldest son and heir to the throne of Winterfell. Then you have Sansa, which nobody really likes. She's very prissy. She likes to sew and she likes to cook. She's kind of a, a housewife kind of girl. She doesn't like to do manual labor or anything like that. And then you have Bran, who becomes an important character later on in the series. But we'll slowly dive into that. In the books... Around this time, there's a part that comes later on, but the book starts to really focus on him because ravens come into issues with him, which goes into like how I think of it as mythology with Odin and all. So you got Bran, he is the third kid, and then you have four, who is Aya. Everybody loves Aya, she is a tomboy. She wants to do everything like her father did. She wants to be a knight. Sansa does not like her little sister at all because Aya doesn't want to do stuff like Sansa, but Sansa wants Aya to be like her. So they get in a lot of arguments all the time. Let's see. The last child is Rick Ricken. He is the baby of all of them. He doesn't have a lot of importance in this first season or in much of any of the other seasons. In the book, I'm sure he's more talked about because you can't just make a character and not have a side story for him at all. He might just be one of the minor
0: characters. So he doesn't have a huge role.
1: Yeah. So they introduce all those children in the opening scene. So Bran is shooting at a target, trying to shoot his arrow and all. And Theon, who is a prisoner of war, his name is Theon Greyjoy. His house is the Greyjoys, who is basically like pirates and thieves and stuff. They're from... I think they're from Westeros, somewhere in Westeros, or across the Narrow Sea, I believe. He was taken as a child from his father after a war that Ed and the king had over there when they tried to dethrone the Greyjoys, when they tried to rebel and everything. He got captured, and he is with the Ned Stark's family and all that. He's with the Starks. He basically serves them since they were little. He has that kid. And then Jon Snow, he is a bastard. Jon Snow. <laughs> Yeah, he's Jon Snow. The reason he has the last name Snow is any bastard that was from the north- If they are a bastard, they get the last name of Snow because they have no last name because they are a bastard. With Catherine very much shows in the whole series that she hates Jon Snow because that means her husband cheated on her. (laughs) And like, Ed has that child with him all the time, so she has to literally see that every day, that that kid is not hers. And she does not like it at all. That would not be fun at all. (laughs) Yeah. And Jon's a good kid. He knows how to do a lot of stuff. So anyways, back to the scene with the arrow and all. So Branch tries to shoot at the target he misses and Theon and Rob, his older, older brother are trying to coax him into just calm down, breathe and aim. Well, as he's about to aim, all of a sudden an arrow shot out of nowhere and hits the bullseye. They turn around and it's Aya, the little tomboy. And she starts giggling and laughing and she runs off because she knows how to do all this stuff. <laughs> and Bran's a little bit upset because <laughs> sister just upstaged him. <laughs> all right. And then the next scene is... Yeah, Jon Snow is a big name. And, like, like, I
0: don't know Game of Thrones, but I do know Jon Snow. And I don't know Stark. <laughs> and Winter is Coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, because the house name for the Starks is Winter is Coming. The Winter is Coming is supposed to mean prepare your family for winter. Take care of your family for the coming storm, for like war or anything. That's kind of what that means is. It's like be prepared. Yeah, be prepared for anything, but take care of your family also. Like make your unit, your little country, whatever, ready. Have everything stocked up and ready to go. Because before winter comes, you always do soups and all that kind of stuff to get ready for the cold. Because not a lot of crops are going to be growing and all that stuff. So just be ready for anything kind of stuff. That's what their thing kind of means. To say this setting this is like medieval medieval. yeah it's
0: medieval so like winter is death a lot of the time if you're not prepared yeah there isn't like
1: oh no we're out of food let's go to the 7-eleven no you're gonna die (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, the game of thrones is very much in the medieval times they don't have medicines or whatever they have like herbal medicines in different little potions that may kill you or may not kill you you don't quite know the only people that know are the people that give it to you and there's a lot of brothels and stuff around i mean they do have those nowadays but there's more more often in those days, they have them nowadays. They're illegal, but they do have them. <laughs> yeah, they're not more. They're more accepted. Yeah, they were way more accepted back in the day, also, because that was kind of the thing you would go to. You go to a bar, and then you'd go there right afterwards, because they'd be right next to each other.
0: Quote from Angel: I don't know if you watched Angel, but at one point he bought them like a fancy meal, and he's like, "Man, I remember when five gold pieces get you a meal, a warm bed, and the bar winch." Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't
1: remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Oh, there was another good scene. So after they beheaded them and all, so John told Bran, who's the third oldest child, or he's the second oldest boy, but the third child. So when they go to do the beheading in the books and also in the TV show, they were very focused on this little scene of this part. John tells Bran, watch your father as he beheads this man, because you he wants you to learn and understand if you do something wrong, or if somebody under your charge does something wrong, you have to learn that you have to take the responsibilities For their actions. If they needed to be beheaded or have something done to them, you have to be the one to do it. Don't give it to anybody else. Because if you do, it's going to make the people that follow you not respect you. You have to do it yourself. Don't designate your responsibility to somebody else. So he tells Bran, don't look away. Keep your eyes on the scenario in front of you. If you look away, your father will know that you did it. So that was kind of a weird scene to do to a child, but I mean, in a way, it's kind of teaches him the realization that you are becoming an adult. You need to learn these things now and be prepared for them. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to us,
0: but in that world, that is just a thing you do. There's a lot of shit they're gonna do that's just accepted that we would definitely be weirded out about
1: and not agree with. Yeah. I mean, back in those days, people used to not live as long. Like, 30s would be like 80s or 90s now. Yeah. (laughs) I would be an old woman right now. (laughs) You would be
0: like an elder. They would come to you for for guidance.
1: Come here, Tyrion. Let me give you some potions. I mean, right now, me just walking around, my bones are cracking. Jesus, I understand. (sighs) All right. so the next scene is we go to King's Landing. The opening scene for King's Landing reminds me of the Egyptian times because they have a guy sitting on a table. He is dead. They're saying that he had bad luck and he got a fever or whatever and he died. Actually, there's a plot going on with the Lannisters. Somebody murdered him. And there's a plot that he was murdered because he knew too much. He was digging too deep in a scenario. And on his little deathbed, you see these little urns, which is another little detail of a foreshadowing or letting you know what's going on in the world. Those little urns are the parts of the body that they put in those little jars, like the organs and all, like the Egyptians did. The canopic jars? Yes, they have that, which is so cool because I only noticed it around the third or fourth time of watching the whole series. I noticed that on the barrel thing, they had that And then also they had the stones on the eyeballs to keep the eyes closed, but the eyes on it, kind of like they would do with coins in the Vikings. Yeah, the pennies. The coins so so you can cross. Yeah, they did that thing. So they took two things from two different kind of mythology stuff. It was that. (laughs) That's neat. It's really cool. He's blending all
0: this folklore together, vampire, zombie, the penny thing, and the canopic
1: jars. That's crazy. Which only people that kind of recognize those things They would be like, oh, I just noticed that That kind of draws them in more because they're like, well, maybe they'll have more things that are kind of related to it. Because I mean, anybody watching a TV show, you're going to look for those kind of things. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm sure there's something happened during that part, but I don't remember it. Oh, I kind of skipped over the other part. So when they (laughs) were coming back from the beheading and all, they found a dire wolf and a stag that were dead. They seen the stag first. It was dead. It had like, I think one or two of its horns were missing, which this thing was huge. Huge stag, which I didn't know what a stag was, it's just a bigger deer or something. They followed the blood trail to a giant dire wolf, a huge dire wolf. And they were like, those shouldn't exist anymore. If anything, they should be beyond the wall. This thing is huge. Its guts are kind of hanging out and it has a giant, the antler is stuck through its throat and all. Apparently it died not too long ago and they have little bitty dire puppies. That are lined up next to it they're trying to suckle from the mom but the mom is dead and theon grabs them up and he goes it'd be better if we just kill them off now, because we don't want these roaming around the north because they could be very deadly to keep yeah well john ends up coaxing them into keeping the dire wolves because the stark's house symbol is a dire wolf and he goes why don't you keep these this might be a good sign to have dire wolves since your house is made from a dire wolf so each of the children get one ayah gets a wolf that is name. we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Sansa has a wolf named Lady, which that one's a lot easier. Bran has a wolf named Summer. He names later on in the series, because at first that dog doesn't have a name. And then the youngest boy, he has a dog named Shaggy Dog, because he's a little boy. He's he, This kid is like maybe four or five years old when he's introduced, but in the series he doesn't. He looks a little bit older than that. Oh yeah, they probably couldn't get a four or five year old on this set. It wouldn't be very appropriate. Yeah. Oh, God, girl. Wait till the next parts i show you. So, and then the oldest son. Oh, God, I can't remember that son's dog's name. But that dog is huge. If you guys remember the dog's name, leave a comment. <laughs> yes, please. But Jon Snow, so they leave. And right before they leave, I think Theon or somebody notices another dog, another direwolf. But it's away from, this is a foreshadowing, this dog is white like snow. And it's away from these other puppies that are all by itself by the dead direwolf. That's a girl direwolf. Mm-hmm. They had the five pups over there. And then this one is way off to the side by a tree, which is foreshadowing, like this whole little scenario is foreshadowing what's gonna happen the rest of the series. To give you a heads up, the stag is the house animal for the king. That's in King's Landing. His house symbol is the stag. The stag kills the direwolf, which is the symbol for that. Because there's a big conflict that's going to happen in a little while that deals with all that. So, Jon Snow finds the puppy and he names it Ghost. It is a white dog named Ghost. Which in the TV show, they end up making that dog bark. Not bark, but growl. Mm -hmm. And I think he might have barked. But in the book... It's very, very much shown that that dog never makes a sound. That's why he's called Ghost. He sneaks around and everything. He's He stays by John the whole time. He's very protective of John. He doesn't like anybody giving him looks or nothing. He'll make the face of a growl, but he's very quiet. He never makes a noise.
0: Because dogs will make the noise but wolves will sneak up on you and grab you without giving you an alert. Yeah.
1: Where all these other wolves, they very much seem kind of like, they are dire wolves. Yeah. But they act like regular dogs because the father told them, if you take these as your pet you are responsible for him if they do something wrong you have to kill them you have to raise them you have to train them john did a really good job training ghost yeah <laughs> very good job the other dogs did pretty good too the other ones are very protective of but like shaggy dog is very unpredictable shaggy dog's very unpredictable because he had somebody that raised him when he was a child <laughs> Yeah, that kid. A child raised another child. Yeah, he probably did more playing than obedience training. Yeah, and like most people, the dogs reflect their owners. So the temperament of the dog is probably the same temperament as the person that owned them. Yeah, so that means Jon Snow is probably very even keel. Oh yeah, he's very, Jon Snow is very soft-spoken. He thinks before he acts, but he's also thinking a lot with his heart, not so much of his head. Kind of maybe his head later on in the series. So back to King's Landing and all. Jamie and Cersei, which are two Lannisters, they are twins. They are talking about how the guy died, the new hand of the king, the one that's on the table and all. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a brief thing of that. They make bastard children together they are brother and sister they slept with each other they had five other kids but it's hush hush anybody that tries to deep dive into what's going on in the kingdom they get them killed which that ended up with happened to the hand of the king he dove too deep was looking around too much and looking at all the bastard children of the king and then also looking into the lineage of the king That all his children should have brown hair and brown eyes, but all of his children now have blonde hair and blue eyes, which are the same hair colors and traits of the Lannisters. So he was starting to get two and two together, asking too many questions, and then he gets killed. So the brother is the king right now? So Jaime isn't a king. He is one of the king's guard Okay. He's in charge of protecting the king. And Cersei, she is the queen of the king.
0: Okay. So the queen is sleeping with someone else and having children, not with the king and with her brother. Ooh, creepy.
1: Yeah. She's sleeping with somebody other than the king, which is also her brother, of the Lannister line. <laughs> Boy, that's fun. Which in a way it's kind of... So there's also incest in this series too because the Targaryens, who is a huge family, they are built on that. They marry to each other's sisters and all. The Targaryens are the ones with the dragons, right? Yeah, they're the ones with the dragons, which the dragons are no longer around during this time period. Yeah. Because so, the last Targaryen that was on the throne was called the Mad King. When he got murdered by his own King's Guard, which was Jaime, Jaime killed the Mad King, he backstabbed the King. When that happened, the new King, which oh god I gotta remember his name he's a Baratheon I can't remember his name well he ends up going on a rampage because the Mad King was married to a girl that he liked well the Mad King ended up somehow something happened where she got killed and everything so the new king tried to kill that whole Targaryen line was trying to uh, what is the word where you kill out a whole line Uh, I think it's genocide genocide is where you keep a whole group of people yeah he was genociding that whole family line so the last two children that are Targaryen descendants and have the last name of Targaryen. They exiled themselves from there and ran. They, like, hid and they're in hiding. The king ends up finding them, but he's just watching them from afar because where they're at, they're kind of protected. Yeah. Sort of, kind of. Because they still have stuff on their lives, so they have to watch and they have to... Like, in the books, they go into more detail of how Daenerys, who is the mother of the dragons or whatever later on, her and her brother, Viserys, they're having to get rid of all their worldly possessions and basically just live on nothing all the time and have to work for other people just to get by and still have to watch out for for people that are assassins trying to kill them. Yeah, they got to stay on their toes... You know, her brother becomes very, very assholey and all up in his own shit because he tries to sell off his sister when she comes to age of like, I think it's 16, where that would be the next scene we're talking about. She becomes of age and he has her dress up in linen that show everything that's very see-through, especially in the TV series, it's very see-through. And he's messing with her <laughs> and getting her ready to go get married off to King the Kali Drogo, who is a warlord. Of the area that they're in which is the free cities it's across the narrow seas pintos they're in pintos which is i think good ways away from westeros and all which is a summer land Mm -hmm. so he's trying to marry her off to them so he can get that army so he can go back to westeros and king's landing and take back what is rightfully his and his sister does not care what happens to his sister all he wants is that army so she's just fodder for him.
0: Oh, I was, I was going to say, oh, maybe he's trying to be nice and like putting her in the care of a king where the king will protect her. But no, he's just selling her off for his benefit.
1: Think of the warlord because he's, I've got to remember the name of the people. Anyways, they have a name. I just can't think of it at the moment. So y'all can leave a comment and you're going to be upset because I don't remember the name of the people. But they're kind of seen as the Mongolians is what they're kind of, they seem like. Mongolians, like the, I know what you're talking about,
0: like of the Hun kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And like he is the main guy that she's getting married to. He's kind of like that guy. Well, he decides that he likes her. Because the brother goes, how do I know if he likes her if he just runs off with a horse and all? And he goes, he didn't kill you. He didn't say nothing. He just went off. So he he likes the agreement that's made. Because these people are seen as... They will fuck a horse. They don't care. They'll kill people just to kill them and all. They do whatever they want. But they're very strong. And if their hair is long and braided, that means they won a lot of battles and they are never defeated. If their hair is cut or they have no braids, that means that they didn't win any awards and they have no prestige. This guy, who is played by the guy that is Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa? Yeah. This is his biggest, this is where he starts off at. Where he gets known the most other than some other TV series. Now you got me wanting to watch
0: Game of Thrones with Jason Momoa, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, when he dies, everyone gets very pissed off at how he dies. Like, there's still people fuming about that crap. Because I still think that is kind of messed up how that happened. But we'll get that on later on in the series. Well, actually, no, that's during this this season, too. He ends up getting cut on his arm, and it gets an infection and the infection kills him oh that's <laughs> such a lame way to die that's how he goes out that is so shitty <laughs> yeah
0: that's i guess that's realistic but in most books they kind of cut out the stuff like that because it's
1: not as fun to see people die from stuff like that well how i've seen it the person that tried to help him was somebody that got raped from a village that they plundered and all. Daenerys saved the woman. But the woman's She was already pissed off at the guy and all. She basically set it up to where he would die. Her child that she gave birth to. Was going to die. And if he brought him. Like she did some kind of weird spell or whatever. That brought her husband back. But he could not hear. He could not see. He could not move. He's basically just a corpse just sitting there. He couldn't do nothing. Oh geez. So she ended up she had to kill him herself. She smothered him with a pillow just to end the suffering for him because he was just sitting there. Damn.
0: So he died by infection, but it was kind of like the healer they brought him to wanted him to die.
1: Yeah, she basically just took it out on him and got him killed. There's other stuff that happens. There's a scene where, oh, so when Count Drago, is his name, gets married to Daenerys on their honeymoon night, which very much annoys me. This is the part I was talking about, about the sex scene and all. So when he gifts her with the white horse, that's hers he puts her on the horse he gets on it with her and they go off to like a sandbank or a mountain or something and he's starting to debrobe her and all and take her clothes off in the series she starts to cry i think she's trying to talk to him but the only words he knows is no that's all he keeps saying back to her cool. and she goes do you know my language and he goes no and she goes you said no so do you actually know and he goes no and she starts realizing okay he doesn't he only knows that one word <laughs> so he just starts taking the clothes off her and puts her down roughly in the TV series. He kind of like puts her down roughly and starts making love to her and all in the book. He actually, likes lets her go down on her own, lets her kind of sit, and he holds her, and then he starts heating her up and everything, like, doing the pre-work before you get down and dirty. Oh. And he's doing it softly and all, and, like, being real gentle with her. Yeah. And taking his time and everything, and she is a virgin, so, I mean, it's still gonna hurt, but in Mm. the books, it's not as rapey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, they made that, oh. Where in the TV show, they go straight to
1: it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So they made his character more of a bastard in the TV series.
1: They make him look like an ass in the TV series. Yeah. And then later on, there's another scene that that same action happens where he gets done drinking and partying. And he comes into the tent and just throws her down and starts doing her and all. In the book, he does come in the tent and all. Because she starts to cry in the TV series. She'll cry whenever they're having sex or whatever. But actually what's happening is she's not used to riding on a horse for long periods of time. So she has sores on her hands and her rump and everything else is just sore from riding all the time. She has blisters and cuts all over her hands. So that's the reason she's crying is because she's having sex, but she's still in pain from doing it. Yeah. That and probably Count Drago probably maybe is a little rough, but probably not as a TV series to make it seem. Yeah, it's less...
0: In the book, it sounds like it's more miscommunication. It's rough, but not that bad. But in the TV series, he's like, eh, I'm going to use
1: you now. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the drama people want to see that drama that's what's gonna make go people go whoa and want to watch it more to see that yeah because if you do because you're trying to get male audience to come in male audience no hate to the males people out there because there's some that probably don't like it either yeah but there is some that are like oh i want to see that sex scene it's on hbo it's adults only kind of thing let me watch that because through this whole thing there's boobs showing and everything else and there's sex scenes everywhere yeah it's mostly like watching a porn because that's what it's known for everyone's talked about how that's basically porn there's more stuff to it than just porn there is story and it's rich with a lot of other stuff that's going on that you can connect it to history mythology and all that kind of stuff yeah it's sad they went that route because they're going to be people who are turned on
0: by the fan service but then there are people like me who are like i'm not going to watch it because it's so fan servicey. even though
1: yeah. i would be interested in all the mythology it's just there's too much boob. Yeah, because they show more breasts than they do anything else. But since it's so heavily and it did such a shock factor, that's the one thing people remember. Because it's kind of like if you've had stuff bad happen in your life, whatever, you're going to remember more of the negative than the positive. Yeah. So that's kind of how that goes. You're going to remember the shock factor more than the other stuff.
0: Yeah, and they didn't go for tasteful boob. They went for, oh, bad, not good. <laughs>
1: this is all bad. <laughs> <laughs> they went for good boobies, though. But, um, so... The next part of that is the brother hires a prostitute to train his sister for lovemaking to be more pleasing to Count Drago. And this is after they were married? This is after they're married and they've been married for a good while. This girl comes in and she teaches her how to make a guy want her more. Teaches her how to ride on top of a guy instead of being put down in the doggy position. She teaches her how to stay on top and you're the one in charge in bed instead of him. Which that pleases Drago because he's like, oh, this is something new. I like this. (laughs) yeah Basically making them feel like,
0: it gives them more power, but it also makes the guy feel like he's wanted instead of like, "Mm."
1: Yeah. Instead of him just doing it just to get his seed done with kind of thing. Yeah. So they end up having a baby, which they hear in back in King's Landing, that she's pregnant now. And the king hears that and he goes, oh, hell no. She needs to die now. (laughs) I don't need a Targaryen being born in this world. Because technically, the Targaryens, they control the throne. Thrones are inherited to the Targaryens. They are the ones that own that throne. Nobody else should own that throne, but he kind of tried to kill all of them so they could never take the throne back.
0: Yeah, like he's he's secretly trying to kill them because if one of them showed up and managed to get there, they could contest it and they could take the throne from him.
1: Oh yeah. And that's what the brother Viserys is trying to do. He's trying to get back there but when he gets back there, he needs to have an army to go against the Lannisters and all because other than that, the Lannisters have the biggest army. They have more people than anything else and the father of lannister and all he's a good leader for war and all he knows how to command troops and everything yeah so after that you hear that scene and then i can just summarize most of this other stuff up the other things that happen is the king comes down to winterfall talks to ned stark and ask him to be the new hand of the king and cersei and jamie and all them come down too. they hate it there because it's winter time and they don't like winter they are summer children i can understand this because i hate winter also i only like winter if it's that time <laughs>
0: Do they take snow with him or just his eldest children?
1: So, the king brings Cersei and Jaime and all her children to Winterfall. Ned Stark and all is at the gate waiting to see them and all. And all of Ned's children, Aya, Sansa, Bran, Rob, and the other little child. Please don't hate on me because I don't remember the name of the... Uh, uh, Ronk? Rink? Rink? Beautiful, lovable little child. <laughs> <laughs> Jon Snow is there but they don't really want him. Catherine is very adamant. She doesn't want anybody to see that bastard child. She hates John so much. She doesn't want anything to do with him anywhere. She very much discludes him out of anything. <laughs> Oof. She does not make it a secret to the child. She doesn't want the child. Oh yeah. Which Ned Stark gets onto her a lot because she's so mean to him and John's done nothing to her.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not the child's
1: fault that he was unfaithful, basically. So it's a huge, huge spoiler, and I know sometimes you don't like spoilers, Jan. This show is full of spoilers, so. Okay, so technically, Ned and Jon Snow are not related. Oh, uh, so- So he just adopted a child. He adopted his sister's child. Oh. Technically, Jon Snow is a Targaryen.
0: I remember that being like a thing what people were wondering about but i couldn't remember if it had
1: been true or not yeah i have to double check it again but i'm pretty sure i know he's a targaryen but i think that's uh his sister's kid that he took and taken care of and everything he says it's a bastard child but it's not technically his actual name is ergon the targaryen a sixth of his name he's the sixth one named target because targaryens have a huge thing about renaming the same name (laughs) yeah so anyways they meet them the king tells edward i want you to come back to the kingdom with me to westeros to king's landing to be the my hand of the king and he goes i'll think about it he ends up accepting it and all then um bran they go out do feasting and all that kind of stuff they marry meet, and all well while the king's out hunting and all with edward and everything jamie and cersei are up in this tall tall tower doing it And Bran loves to climb, and he just happens to climb up that tall tower, because that's usually where he loves to go climb. And he sees this happening, and the brother pushes him off, and he breaks his legs. He should have died. Bran is almost pretty much murdered, but he lives. He's just in a coma for the rest of the season. Oh. In the books when this happens, Bran, when he falls and all, he sees crows and ravens, just like Odin did when he died and was trying to get his magical stuff when he was upside down and all. I don't remember if you know the story. Dark Odin, our brother, he would know that kind of story because he looked into that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But Odin is, his one of his things is a raven's always around him. And this one is the three-eyed raven that watches over Bran and is telling him, do you want to fly? And is trying to get him to not die. The raven in his dreams while he's in a coma is trying to keep him alive and telling him, you need to fly, understand what's going on in the world, and telling him stuff that he shouldn't normally know. But it's another thing of foreshadowing and the Ravens give him all this information because later on, Bran becomes very important later on in the series. Very, very important. He gets like a seer kind of thing going on doesn't he yes he can he can make himself go into other animals like astral projection where he can use other people to do his kind of bidding like he takes control of hodor who is a half giant half human all he says is holdor oh yeah hodor yeah i remember that hold the door that's where that whole thing came from like i think you heard people maybe talk about how that was the saddest part of one of the seasons where he held the door so his companions would not die. And he sat there and held the door. So tell me
0: about that. Cause he like, I think it was- It's a very sober scene. Yeah, but it was like something happened to where it- I don't want to say mental, mental retard, but it messed up his mind because the guy was screaming hold the door yeah. in his head and out loud and it just fucked him up.
1: Yeah, that was a long time ago because Hodor, he had a name and he used to talk a lot. So this is what Bran sees while he's in his coma and on later on. He finds out Hodor actually had a vision when he was younger and that's when he started screaming out Hodor. He went insane- And was ranting, and raving all over the grounds because he got a premonition of what was going to happen to him later on in life. And that whole thing, I guess, gave him bad, uh, I forgot what they call it, PTSD and all, to where that's all he could ever say. That's how he would answer anybody. Yeah, that's crazy. But he's a very gentle person. He's very lovable. All the actors and all, when that scene came, they did not like it. They cried on set. Yeah, I remember it was like he's like the gentle giant. Yeah. Oh, they got it. They talk about his penis at one time. Oh my god! Why, dude? And they show it on screen. I'm like, oh shit! That's a big one. Oh my god. of reminds me of Black Flag. We should talk about that one. Whoo, that guy was good. Jeez. <laughs> so after that, you meet Hordur and all. So he get, ends up getting in the bed and all. They find out later on that something's going on. Jamie and Cersei find out that the kid is still alive. They're like, shit, if he wakes up, he's going to tell everybody that they've seen us sleeping together, and that's going to link back to the stuff that's going on in the castle, and then their whole plan of keeping everything a secret's going to unravel. Yeah. So, they're trying to think of how to get him dead now, and they're like, shit, we hope he doesn't wake up. Like, they keep telling Catherine and all them, you should just put him out of his misery, just let him die, don't keep hanging on. It's better if you just get rid of him. Trying to be nice, but still try to coax him into To manipulate them into killing their own son.
0: Yeah. They're like trying to be like, oh, he's never going to wake up. You're holding on to no hope. But really, they're just
1: like, please kill this kid. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want him to wake up and tell our secrets. So Ned ends up going back with the king back to the castle and all with Catherine is very upset about it. I know I'm going to be saying her name wrong. It starts with a K y'all can just suck it. (laughs) So she stays home with Bran waiting for him to wake up while the king is going to King's Landing with Sansa and Aya. They don't go into a whole lot of detail what happens on the trip there but as you would in books, they're going to give you detail. This is where you find out more about Sansa and Aya. Sansa likes to stay in the cart and not be out in the wilderness at all. Aya is traveling way ahead of everybody. She's going into lakes and streams, looking at flowers, looking at everything around her. She's exploring the world and being a tomboy and enjoying her life for Sansa is getting onto her sister like why don't you stay in the cart, talk to the queen talk to all these other ladies and be more social and stuff she goes no I don't want to do that I want to go live my life. I want to be out here and play with my friends and all that are out scouting and all I want to be by my father. We never had a sister like that. <laughs> Definitely not. Right. <laughs> we were all tomboys. Neither of us wanted to be all queenie. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess our older sister would be close to that, but not really. because mm-hmm. She was also pretty tomboyish.
1: Yeah. Like she knew how to take like do her hair and nails and all that kind of stuff and makeup. N- neither one, me or you were like, nah, <laughs> mud pies everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sticks throwing it at people. Um. Let's see after that scene. So you go back to winter because you kind of watch them on their road there and Ned Stark and the king talk about how they used to war back in the days and sleep around and the king brings up how Jon Snow is a bastard and tries to figure out the name like they try to drop the name of the girl. Mm -hmm. In the book, they actually say the name of the person that Edward slept with or supposedly slept with. But in the TV series, he's like, don't you ever bring that name up. We're not talking about this right now. (laughs) <laughs> so we done with that part. We go back to Winterfell. The mother is still sitting over her son that's in a coma. She is in grieving. She doesn't know what to do, kind of like our mom would do. And she's just sitting there hoping for Bran to wake up. Jon Snow comes in and is telling them bye because he's going to go join the Wall, which he doesn't know at the time what he's getting into. He has no idea that he's going to have to take celibacy. He is still a virgin and all because he has a whole backstory of that. The reason he's still a virgin is because when he went to go sleep with a girl at the prostitute, and all all he could think of is. If I get this woman pregnant, I'm going to make another bastard. And this person that has his child, this baby is going to have to deal with the same life I had to deal with. Oof. So he never wants to do that to somebody else. So he refuses to sleep with anybody. Almost a good deal for him. Except for all the cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't know that. And nobody else understands. Well, the people at the wall would know that. So he's going back with his uncle Ben, who is also part of the wall, because he came down to visit them and all. And uh he goes to Brand and was telling Brand by that woman, Catherine, is like being a Karen. Sorry, Karen's out there, but she's being a bitch. <laughs> and she's like, "Get out! Don't come near me! Don't come near my child!" And he goes, "I'm just telling him by And he goes, "You said your buys leave." <laughs> I don't want to see you here at all. Blaming him for something that definitely wasn't his fault. Yeah, which isn't right. And then he goes to see Aya, the little girl that's tomboy and all, and he brings her a sword. He brings her a sword named Needle. And it's so adorable to see. Because when he goes to give her the sword she has it in her hand, she's about to jump up to go hug him. And he goes, wait, wait, put sword down. And then she puts it down. She like jumps on him and hugs him and all. And he goes, so every good sword needs a name. And he goes, what will you name your sword? And in the book, I think she says, I, well, I think she does the same thing to your serious. She goes, Sansa can have her sewing needles and all. I have my own needle. And that's what she calls her sword. Needle. Because it's very, it's like a little reaper sword. It's very rounded, but very pointy at the end. It's tiny. It's good enough for a six-year-old to handle and light enough. It's good for stabbing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like a practice sword for a kid to learn techniques with which uh needle gets used a lot in this tv series holy crap (laughs) she becomes a super badass in the rest of the series okay so after that scene i and all them go back to king's landing and all that stuff happens and the plot thickens in winterfall a guy actually gets sent again to kill brandon and luckily the mom is still there she's trying to protect her son she ends up getting her hands all cut up because she's trying to, to protect her son from this assassin that has valerian steel valerian steel is made from dragon glass, which is very very sharp her fingers should have like came off juice <laughs> so she's protecting her son luckily this guy gets thrown off of her or she's able to throw him off onto the floor when she does that the guy's about to get back up because he knocked her off completely and like hit her on the ground. She's not able to get back up. He's about to go attack Bran again and his dog comes in, his big dire wolf, he named Summer, comes in and just rips that dude's throat out <coughs> and starts tearing to pieces. And like the mom's over there with her hands all bloody, just kind of looking at the wolf like, oh my God, oh Jesus. Because before all this happened, this dog wanted to come in the room and sit by Bran, but she refused to let him stay in there, which now she's like, he could killed me. <laughs> This dog could have hurt me when I was forcing him to leave. Well, after this dog gets done ripping this dude's throat out and he's dead, the dog just licks his lips, looks at her and like nods and then jumps on the bed and like sits on top of Bran and just lays there and just looks like a regular dog just sitting down. Now, you got to think a dire wolf would be like, all right, so Clayton, you know, his dog wolf. Or whatever. I think that was his name. Black. Black. How they said that he was real tall. Think of di- that's a dire wolf. <laughs> no, a dire wolf. Is way probably way bigger than that. If they go by d d standards, a dire wolf. Imagine a full
0: grown man standing. Yeah. The top of his head is at your shoulders. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a dire wolf is like a great Dane, but not skinny. They're very fucking big. Like they are a force to be
1: reckoned with. <laughs> or what's that one dog? Me and our brother seen it at uh, PetSmart. It's a wolfhound. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, those are big. Direwolves, that's probably (laughs) what they use as the dog in the series, but direwolves are bigger. There are no real dogs the size of a direwolf. They're huge.
1: Well- in the TV series, they're actually, I think they're using timber wolves or uh, wolves, but they just have them kind of blown up on the screen. But they still, they are wolves, so they look like that. They just kind of blew them up with somatic stuff. Some like trickery, like <laughs> film trickery too, like make them look bigger. But um, he just sits on the bed and watches him while he's asleep. And now the mom's just sitting there with the blood on her hand, looking back and forth. And then after the scene, Rob comes in because... He's having to take charge of everything because his mother just doesn't want to do anything. Well, she finally gets out of her state of wanting to watch her kid because now she knows the Wolf's going to protect her kid. He just saved her kid from getting killed. So now she's okay. She's not going to watch her kid anymore. No she's just going to wait until he wakes up. So she leaves that area and now she's trying to figure out what her sister sent her. Her sister sent her a letter about something happening with her husband who was the hand of the king got murdered and she goes something's happening with the Lannisters he was poisoned by the Lannisters and you need to watch out so now she wants to go to King's Landing Catherine she wants to go to King's Landing to warn Ned of what's happening and that someone came to assassinate their son but also somebody murdered the last hand of the king and it was a Lannister and he's going into a pit of Lannisters because that whole kingdom is full of Lannisters everywhere he's walking into the the Viper's Den, basically. Yeah, that's basically. And she wants to go there. Like, her people are like, no, you should sit somebody else. She goes, no, I need to go there myself and go talk to him. I have friends up at King's Landing, which is Littlefinger, who his actual name is Peter. Oh, I have his name because I like him. Where is he? <laughs> okay, Peter Bellish. Peter Bellish, the master of coin, and he's also the owner of the hugest brothel in King's Landing and the most profitable. Oh, fun. And he is lovesick- over Catherine. He will do anything for Catherine. Like a lot of the shit that he does is plotting for him to get Catherine and to take over the kingdom, all the thrones of Game and Thrones. And he wants to see everybody with their head on a spike. He would just, he wants to take it over and then kill everybody, genocide all the people. That's what he wants to do because he wants to get back at all of them. So she finds him in the brothel. He's like, I know that Valerian steel. I gave it to Lannister. So that just fills in more blanks and makes her more suspicious of Lannister's. Ned gets really pissed off because. Peter goes up to him and goes, your wife is in a brothel with me, trying to start shit with Ned and all. And he goes, how dare you take my wife in a brothel? What are you doing with my wife and all? (laughs) So then you get introduced to the small council. The small council is what the king and the Hand of the King deal with. Mm -hmm. I just introduced you to Peter Bellish, who's the master coin. Then you have Tulsi, who is the Grand Master. The Grand Master is a person that does, like, the potions and the healing and the take-caring of people in the kingdom or whatever. Okay, so he's kind of like the king's medicine man, sort of? Yeah, because usually the Grand, Ma- Maesters, Grand Maesters, they are people that have been trained for years in the art of medicine they know all this knowledge all the history of westeros of winterfall and all the back history all they know all the medicines all the magic and anything like that they have chains around their neck these links of chains is made from the different things that they learn how to do every time they learn something or they've mastered something they would put that link on the chain the longer the link chain or the more chains they have on that means the more knowledge they have and the better one that you've gotten (laughs) yeah it's like their show of uh their medals achievement yes they're medals you then you have lord rinley rinley this guy is a what do you call somebody that has no penis or balls what are they oh eunuch uh yeah eunuch all right so this guy is a eunuch he is also called a spider and the master of whispers Oh, he's a spymaster. Yeah, he'll get any information you need. He's a spider. He puts out what he calls his children to figure out what's all going on in the kingdom and to find out any information. He's the one that found out that Daenerys had a child and was pregnant. And he knew where she was at all times because he has people everywhere. Then you have the king's younger brother, who's also on the council. Oh, that was another thing you might like about the show, too. They also have biracial couples, gay couples men and women, and they got mixes of everything in the show. Some people would like to call it nowadays a Netflix special. (laughs) (laughs) It's very inclusive, which is good, because I mean, back then they wouldn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, his name was Viserys. That's what his name is. Viserys is the master of whispers. He's, uh, so Peter and Viserys are very close to one another of that they hate each other. Oh, but they both kind of do the same things. Peter, the master of coin, he also has spies everywhere. He knows everything that's going on. Like there's a scene where Peter is talking to Ned and telling him they're walking through a courtyard. And he goes, there's spies everywhere. I'll point them out to you. He goes, who do you think owns that maid over there, that handmaiden? And he goes, well, what, isn't that the queen's handmaiden? He goes, no, that woman works for me. She lets me know anything that goes on in the castle. Those type of women are mine. And he goes do you see that child over there that's playing with the rocks with the other? And he goes, yeah, he goes, who do you think owns that one? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, the owns that child and that older man over there. That's who spies on them. And he goes, and he was pointing at some blonde headed people that were in the court. He goes, all those people are the Queens along with the, King's Guard. All these people right here, they all report. So anything that's said is reported back to those three people. He's basically threatening. He goes, anything that you're doing, because Peter already knows that he's looking into Jamie and all them stuff that's going on and back into the king's history and all. Yeah. Because anything you do, we're all notified about before you say anything. So he goes, unless you can be very secretive, which is going to be very hard for you because we have ears everywhere, just know you might die soon. Which ends up happening. He's him and like... threatening him yeah well that and peter also wants ned dead because peter wants catherine yeah (laughs) so viserys who is the master whispers he is there for the kingdom he wants to take care of the kingdom he wants the kingdom to flourish and all he doesn't care who rules it he just wants to have a good ruler peter's just there all for himself uh is just a bitch just leave her alone So Viserys is trying to tell him, hey, there's something going on. Be careful what you do and where you go. Someone's always watching. So he's basically giving the same caution as Peter was. Well, what ends up happening is Edward's going to get beheaded because he went too deep. He threatens Cersei and tells her, I know everything that's going on. I know those children are bastards and I know they're not the kings. And I also know that you're sleeping with your brother. I have evidence of it. I'm going to tell the king because the king's on his deathbed right now because he ends up getting hurt in a hunt or whatever, which I'm thinking was probably planned out. Yeah, probably. By Cersei and Jamie because they're trying to get him to be killed. So... He threatens her, which I think is the worst thing to ever do is threaten a queen. He threatens her and she goes, okay, I got you. She ends up getting him in a situation of where he's going to get beheaded and makes him look bad in front of everybody. She goes, he's trying to take the king's throne. He's trying to say my son's not legit, which in writing, it is legit because when the king died, Edward had to sign a paper saying Joffrey is not his real son, his true heir, or basically saying only his true heir can take over the throne which Joffrey is not his true heir. And when the queen seen that, she goes, this is just a piece of paper. My husband is dead. He doesn't control this anymore. He's dead, which is wrong. But (laughs) anyways. yeah, The king is dead. Long live the king. (laughs) Yeah. So they give him a choice. He goes, either submit to us and say that King Joffrey is your king or you will die for betraying the kingdom. What is it? Treason against the kingdom. Saying blasphemy, saying that he's not worthy of being a king. Yeah. Slander, basically which ned is very prideful and honorable to do right by the king he doesn't care about what happens to him he goes no he is still a bastard he doesn't deserve this kinship this other kid that he found that he doesn't want anybody to know who this other kid is because he's trying to keep that one person that's actually worthy to be a king he doesn't want anybody to know about him like the whole series he does a good idea of keeping him hidden but he ends up getting killed like viserys tells him he goes look You're going to get beheaded. Just give in. You got to think about your daughters and all because they're also in King's Landing and you know what's going to happen to them. They're going to get murdered. They're going to get killed. And that's exactly what almost happens. When Ned dies, the queen sends out all the king's guard to go after all his children and all the people that he came with. Everybody gets murdered, except for Sansa and Aya. Aya is able to run away. One of Ned's friends or whatever gets a hold of her, cuts her hair. You got to come with me. You're a boy. You know nothing of women. (laughs) You're a little girl. You're a little girl, but you are now a boy. Which Sansa becomes very obsessed with a list of names of people that she will murder. (laughs) Oh, I think I've
0: heard of her.
1: (laughs) Like every, before she goes to sleep at night, she has to say those names for her to go to sleep. (laughs) That's how bad it gets. Wow. (laughs) She does kill everybody on her list. She's the one that makes the saying, a girl has no name. (laughs) That's her saying. Because she ends up getting trained by the no face people and all. That's the younger sister or the older sister? That's Aya. The younger. Okay, that's, that's the little girl. That's the tomboy. She always wanted to be a knight. She did not want to be a queen or anything else. Sansa gets pulled up by Joffrey. And they keep her around because they do want to control Westeros. And she is one of the heirs to the Westeros and all. So they want to tie that in. So here's the fuck. Joffrey is an asshole. So her father's dead. He has his head on a spike. While they're going to the throne or whatever, they're crossing by this place, and is like, where are we going? He goes, I want you to look up. I want to show you something. She looks up, and she sees her father's head on a spike. Oh. And then Joffrey goes... Yeah, and right next to your father's head is another present for you, which is her handmaiden, the one that took care of her for a long time. Her head's also up there. Oh, Jesus. And then he shows her other heads. She, like, looks away and he goes, no, you do not look away. Your king has not told you to look away. I want you to look at him until I tell you to. Stop looking. So she has to sit there and stare at her father's head on a spike. Jesus. And like, he slaps her, I think then, or she slaps him. And he goes, if you ever do that again, I will kill you for kidding the king. Like he's very, um, he's very assholey about his position. There's another scene after that, that they're in the throne room and he's basically taking out his anger on her in front of a lot of people saying that her, her father was a traitor. He will not treat her any better than anything else. Like he gets his king's men to slap her in the face and start tearing her clothes off. Jeez. It's pretty, pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. Tyrion comes in, who's uh, the short guy in the film. He's played by a really good actor. Oh my God. He comes in and he... Gets her to have her clothes put back on her and everything. Because he goes to visit the wall. Tyrion is a book person. He likes to read books and everything else. He's very knowledgeable. He's very good with talking to people. And knowing how to word things in a right way. He's he's the one that has a saying, I drink and I know things. That's his saying.
0: Yeah, I've heard of him. He's like, I've seen a lot of people talk about how his actor was so good. Oh
1: yeah, like he does very good. He has a lot of good scenes like one of the other favorites other than some other ones but i think that's basically the whole first season other than the part that when daenerys kills the witch or that woman that gets her husband killed and her baby killed Mm -hmm. she puts her husband in a fire in a pyre and puts the woman in it too and when she puts the woman in she goes i will not give you the pleasure of hearing me scream and daenerys goes oh no bitch i'm gonna hear you scream you're gonna (laughs) scream I promise you that is basically what she tells her. She goes, I'll never scream. Lights her ass on fire. She starts screaming. (laughs) And then she puts her dragon eggs. So she on her, her wedding thing, she got three dragon eggs that were fossilized. They were not able to hatch. Well, she put those three dragon eggs in the pyre with her husband, the witch, and she also went into the fire to be burned alive. Oh, so she was kind of like giving up. Yeah, she was suicide and joining her husband. She gets on the pyre with them. She lays down with her husband in his basically fire throne thing. And later on, you see it's all burnt out the next morning. All of her people are around her and she is unharmed. She is naked and her dragons are awake and around her. They have been hatched. She now has dragons. Yeah, I remember that. It's like she's impervious to fire. Well, there's a thing with the Targaryens. A true Targaryen is immune to fire. Heat does not bother them at all. I mean, if the dragon throws fire, at them, yeah, they'll die. But regular flames aren't going to hurt them. Hot water and stuff like that aren't going to hurt them. They're fine with that. That's crazy. Yeah. And so that's the whole season of that first season. That was a long one. Take it. <laughs> I finally did it, guys. I finally did the Game of Thrones. <laughs>
0: So now we're going to do like thoughts and everything. So other than like, we talked about the scene that's rapey and then her husband and everything. So what do you think? Do you
1: like prefer the book? Did you like where this took it? So the Games of Thrones, the TV series, the HBO series, it kind of, I don't know. I kind of like the books more because they give more of a background and you learn a lot more from the books. That's kind of my thing. Sometimes I do like the books more because they have time because it's a book you have more time to tell your story where in a TV series you have a short amount of time to say it and they don't get that much in but I do like the artwork and the comedy in the tv series a lot
0: yeah and it sounds like like in a tv series if you were to sit down and give that exposition you would get roasted for show don't tell because people don't want to hear a lot of exposition they want to see these visuals and there's so much lore to game of thrones that it would kind of be hard without an exposition dump to get it through
1: yeah well that in in the game of thrones a tv series Tyrion who looks good like mmm makes me think about my choices so in the books in the books he does not look good in the books in the books he is called as an imp and doesn't look good at all he doesn't look handsome he doesn't look like he's portrayed in the tv series if you read the books and then watch the tv series you're expecting him to look ugly boy he's not ugly he's fine there's a reason a lot of women sleep with him (laughs) other than the ones that get paid to But the visual, yeah, the visual takes, I would go for Game of Thrones. But, like, for more interesting and more lore of the area of Game of Thrones, I would more likely go for the books. Yeah. And I know you
0: said that, like, in the books at this point, they've explained White Walkers. But in the show, they don't explain that until, what, like, season five or something?
1: They, yeah, they give, like, little hints. And, like, when Bran wakes up, there's an old lady that's sitting with him and telling him stories about the White Walkers and spooky stuff like that. Every once in a while, they'll bring up white walkers and back in the old scene but they don't really say a whole lot about them and you'll see like little glimpses of them but no i think the first scene you only see one glimpse of them that was in the very beginning but other than that they don't touch on it until later on in the series yeah they hold it off as like this big
0: thing the secret that's gonna happen later yeah which i know it's like they're artificially adding intrigue to it because i mean it would still be interesting yeah because you're still trying to captivate the audience yeah. Do you think that the
1: show was harder to follow than the book? So, all right, I'll say this. George R.R. R. Martin was a big fan of the guy that wrote The Lord of the Rings. Oh, J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings is very descriptive on stuff. Game of Thrones isn't too much descriptive, but he they do get kind of long-winded. Will they'll go like down by the Bible does, like the whole line of descendants and all sometimes. <laughs> they will go on tangents. They'll they'll go on like a tangent of that, kinda a little bit. I still gotta finish the audiobooks for the Game of Thrones series. I kinda accidentally went to the House of the Dragon <laughs> series first. Because <laughs> I got the wrong book in. Um, but he does co-in kind of descriptive stuff, but other than that, it's kind of okay because it's from a grandmaster's point of view. So you're not getting like what's happening at that moment, you're getting his version of it, kind of thing, is what it's saying. Cause it's a song of ice and fire, it's a storyteller thing, which it is a book so I'm fixing.
0: Yeah, and that actually threw me off when I first heard about it because I was like, Game of Thrones, yeah, you know, whatever. It's like a medieval thing. And then I was like, oh, The Song of Ice and Fire. I've heard of the book. Oh, the books were out way long ago. Yeah, like that title, The Song of Ice and Fire is like a huge book title. I'd never read it, but I'd heard of it because it was really big. And I was like, oh, this is an adaptation of it? And then I heard about the show. and I was like, wow, I don't think I want to read the book
1: now. (laughs) But clearly I should because the book is like way less. Oh, and that's the other thing. Sexed up, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) yeah in in the book it's not all that sex that's in the tv series it's hardly brought up it's more like our romance novels that we like to read sometimes how if there is a sex scene it's way more sensual and not rapey rapey Mm -hmm. oh my god oh there's another part i just remembered so they got a part in there all right the hound is a guy that his face half his face got burnt off by his older brother who's really mean and just has anger issues up the ass Mm -hmm. the hound took a toy from his brother and just borrowed it because he wanted to look at it. His brother just put his face in a fire and let sit it sit there. And his side of his face started boiling off. Oh my God. Well, you get the whole storyline of why that happened because the hound is very drunk and he's talking to Sansa about it and how all that happened. So you get a back you get more backstories of the characters in the books. That's another thing. And that's what I love about the books because they give you more backstory. In the TV series, you won't get that unless you get like the extended cut or the director's cut of the TV series. They might have those. Yeah, they have to cut a lot of stuff because there's a lot of
0: backstory. So the TV series is definitely like a rated R Maybe even higher. Oh yeah, would you rate
1: the? Oh yeah, NC seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> what
0: what would you rate the book like? If somebody wanted to watch it but read it, but they were like, mm, what would you say? Like the book is kind of like maybe R, uh, or like a PG thirteen kind of thing.
1: Uh, it's probably mm, it's young adult, I guess it would be, and that sort of young adult or some mm. like I guess it does it like
0: is it a harlequin romance where they're like this happened, let's move on, or is it like great, like not Grey's Anatomy, um, Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: <laughs> oh no not strictly degree there's not a whole lot of descriptive sex scenes no <laughs> no it's more action based and somewhat those kind of sex scenes but it's like historical kind of thing and a lot more lore it's not so focused about the other stuff
0: okay all well i guess we'll end this here on a good note that was season one so yeah, i did a whole season
1: you did you did a whole season yeah suck that dark odin did a whole season <laughs>
0: And we'll, we'll be back eventually with season two. Give her time to, like, go through it and research it and
1: everything. I'll try to do a better job than the first season. <laughs>
0: I think it's good because, honestly, this is an overview. If you're interested in anything we talked about, the books are available. I mean, Clover rented them from the library. And you could rent the series. You can watch them on HBO. You can also just buy it. Amazon, I'm sure, has it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can go to your local library and just ask to rent the DVDs or the audiobooks or even the books. They'll have it because that's what I've been doing. I've been renting the DVD series whenever they have it there, just a season at a time to rewatch it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if you don't want to pay for HBO uh, streaming service, check out your local library. People forget about libraries. And I know a lot of people are like, you can watch movies in the library? Yes.
1: (laughs) They're not just books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have that. I mean, hell, they even have it in some schools, too. Well, I don't know if they would have it in, like, high schools and all. (laughs) Not Game of Thrones. (laughs) No, but they will have the books at the school. Probably, yeah. Um, But other than that, I will do the rest of the seasons. There's eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Then I'll probably do maybe Black Flag, I think is the other pirate series I love. I'll do that and then maybe Yellowstone. Yellowstone's almost done and they got a lot of seasons too but I'll do that stuff
0: if you guys want to see something in particular leave us a comment if you remember like obviously like we are talking opinions we're discussing something we love if you notice something we got wrong or you want to point something out to us do it we are totally cool with that
1: we're just talking we don't always have the names right it's fine (laughs) yeah and I
0: totally turned on comments because like that's one of the things I encourage you to do and I was like "Eh, why not people can like suggest other things we talk about so yeah, leave comments if you want to check out us, me Clover and Odin playing games and getting spooked and chased by mannequins. <laughs> oh fuck! <that. laughs> check out Dark Odin Gaming on YouTube. I've actually included the link in the description now, and uh, we will catch you guys later. Laters! bye.